Hello, and, and we're live, guys. <laughs> oh, that's going. That's the. That's an intro right that's, there. That's it. All right. You know what's funny? Because we usually fade in from black. You know what's. You know what's funny? But we did that pause <clears throat> more than long enough for the fade in to still be us. You know what's. You know what's not funny. What's not funny? When sometimes we just lose episodes, entire episodes. Yeah, we're not on that though yet. We're doing the conjuring. Oh fuck! Yeah, we are. You know what else is not funny? <laughs> Scary movies. <laughs> Good transition. That's a great transition. Isn't and um, we the best we transition we ever. just watched the con. Is this the third one? Technically, yeah. Like it's, it's the third the th- Conjuring, but like in the, the main, sixth in the universe. In the universe, it's the third in the main storyline, and like the fifth or sixth in the. Because there's how many Annabelle movies? There's Two or three. There might be three now. So this might be the this, eighth because the there's nun. also the nun. So this might be like the seventh. There's I a think. lot there's in, a ton. in there's this a, universe, which a bunch. they don't necessarily like tie in a ton, like other than no. like a few Easter eggs and they're, yeah, references they're very, here very and there. small. References. Did you notice the Annabelle doll in this movie at the end? Oh, when in they're like, like the, in the little like storage room or yeah, yeah. there's like the Annabelle doll in the back and there's like right. a picture of the nun up on the wall. Yep, that's yeah. So I'm pretty sure I feel like that's about as close as we get to like. The Annabelle doll actually has like a little bit of an influence in the first movie. Okay. Like there's a scene where the daughter it like something's going bump in the night and the daughter's like walking around the house and she notices that like the Annabelle doll isn't in her in her like glass case. Oh. Yeah. Right. So like then like Ed and Lorraine get home and she's like Annabelle got out. And the first okay. You want to hear a sad story? Never mind. Just, no, let's, no, I, I don't hear it. No, no, you, you because now, up, no, now, because now I don't even know if it's true or not. I, so well, well, it's like it anyway. it, no, because I don't think it's true. Because it was a memory from my childhood. And my mom listens to this, and I don't want her to be like, "Hey, by the way, you're full of shit." I so, want to hear it though. No, I would love for your mom no, to call you and say no, that. no, 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 no. Just go. No, just go. No, just go. Go, Gus. No, I'm skipping. Okay, it. here's what I've always liked about at least the first two Conjuring movies. Um is that they're very if they're like classical style horror like they they have a very well constructed well made like sense to them in in like the way that like the exorcist was made and yeah. that's one thing that's always like the the stories themselves in the first two Conjuring movies aren't necessarily scary because they do take like a lot of liberties with the original story and it's hard to, they kind of like, they kind of blur the line between what actually happened and what's like a, a narrative device in the first two movies. So the stories themselves are never that scary, but the way James Wan, who directed the first two movies, constructed the scares was always very well done. They weren't like, they weren't, jump scares like what we've talked about in the past that you know are meant to create like a jump like they're meant to make you actually just jump out of your seat they're not actually like well constructed truly like horrifying moments to witness one thing james wan does really well in the first two movies is all of the jump scares he like constructs actually put the characters in danger it like puts them in a place where like oh they're they're in trouble so the jump scares always feel more there's still jump scares in the first two movies, but they're very, there's still an impact. Well, and we talked about that it. pretty extensively in our right <clears throat> jump scares aren't scary episode. Yeah. Um, the the jump scare has to carry some weight because if it doesn't, right. then it's just cheap. Yeah. 
And that's what I what I really liked about the first two movies is all of the scares felt like that none of them were done just to elicit a response. They were all done with a lot of purpose. And so when I heard that this the third movie that there would be a new director and James Wan was just a, an executive producer. I think he was a writer, actually. New writer. I think there were new writers and directors there was, on this. There, was a, there were multiple writers. A couple different changes. I think he might have been at least credited. He could have. I think he might have been credited for the story. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, so to see him not coming back as a director gave me a little pause because I really do think his direction is a very big reason why those first two movies work so well. Um, and also his, his writing on the first two movies was really good too because it really it really made the first two movies about like Ed and Lorraine, Warren, and how they're like this obviously very um, complementary couple who are in love with each other and are really just trying to help people in really like seriously messed up situations. And that that part carried over into this movie somewhat. And some of James James Wan's direction like directing influences carried over as well, but both to me both the writing and the direction felt like there's just a little there was just enough missing that you could tell yes. that this felt like <clears throat> kind of not a misstep because i don't think this movie is necessarily bad but it's definitely not good and it's definitely not as good as the first two well it's in the in the in the main storyline of this franchise i think that it's it's serviceable as a horror movie um but it's not like it's it's not really anything special it's not unique nothing spent nothing i would want to go back to and that's one thing that always endeared me towards the first two movies was they were they actually like had such great scares and characters and stories that were actually interesting that I've I've gone back and watched the Conjuring movies multiple times the first two movies multiple times because they were actually well made and well made enough for me to want to go back and watch I don't do that a lot with horror because I think overall it's really hard to make a really good horror movie and on top of that it's hard to make a really good horror movie that you at the end say I would watch that I would Dude, I would put myself through all those fears again. I yeah, I agree with what you're saying and I think I think it's not only just like I would put myself through those fears again, but it's also about what's worth your time and what's not. Right. Um right. and to be honest with you, I feel like in our front row frights, we pretty much covered all of the major scary movies that I would want to watch multiple pretty times. Pretty much. Yeah. Because it's a short list. Yes. Um and it doesn't necessarily mean that those movies like this one that aren't super rewatchable, it doesn't make them bad. No. Um, I think that this was just kind of exactly what you could expect from... A basic... A, like, a... A basic horror movie It's like with a, a big studio horror movie. Like right, this, it right. Just, it checks all the boxes. Yes. And, um, I mean, even, like, it's it's a big studio horror movie, but I'm, I'm sure the budget still wasn't that high, because horror movies... Like and this is something else we've talked about. Horror movies can be made on a shoestring budget with no money, and I'm sure because it was a Warner Brothers movie and it's part of this like international franchise that everyone loves. I'm sure there was probably a little more money into it, put into it than most modern horror movies these days. But 
you're right. I, I agree with you too. It it just everything about it just felt like a by the numbers. Thirty nine million. Thirty nine budget. Yeah. So high for a horror movie. Pretty yeah, pretty high. I mean it's not but it's not a huge budget. They made right. I mean they've made so far fifty million at the box office. It's pretty good. It's not bad. Do you see that A Quiet Place Part Two is the first movie to surpass a hundred million in over a year since the pandemic started? Back in March. I mean, I'm not. It's pretty. Not surprised. Not surprised. That. And we've t- we it's, talked it's, about that. I mean, a hundred million. A hundred million at the box office is still a feat. Yeah. But it's not necessarily not as like, big of given a feat. the situation. At as it was. Five years ago for horror movies, it, it's not quite as because a lot of horror like I'm pretty sure both Conjuring the first two Conjuring movies made well over a hundred million dollars. Oh, I'm sure at the box office at, in the, at the domestic box office even. But yeah, just to just to see that people are going back to the theater. I think that with given movie to make you know getting a movie to make money like that is good to see. I but, think we we've also talked about as far as like the box office and money side of things, right? Films like this one will always make money at the box office. Yeah. It's, it, they, like, part of checking all the boxes yeah. is it kind of checks all the boxes for what people want to just go see in the theaters. Right. And it doesn't, we've, we've talked about before, it doesn't have to be special, and it, and it doesn't have to have a big budget. Right. Movies like this will always draw crowds. Almost always make their money back. Um, I thought that. I didn't think that this was particularly scary. There were some there were some very scary parts. Yes. Um, some scenes had very well constructed moments. But But I think part of the reason why is f- at least for my liking, this spent a whole lot more time on the Warrens than I wanted it to. Right. I would have loved a lot more of the actual story of this right. guy who With has Arnie, Arnie been possessed Johnson. and yeah. we kind of just see the tail end of it right we see we see when <clears throat> we see when he gets possessed and we see when he commits the crime due right. to his possession right and that's really about all we see from that story. Yes. I would have loved a whole lot more of the Arnie Johnson storyline right. with the Warrens sprinkled in. Still, You could still have them doing what they're doing, which is trying mm-hmm. to help these people yeah. basically try to figure this whole thing right. out. But it, this movie basically became about the Warrens and their yeah. connection mm-hmm. more so than the actual possession itself, right. which as far as just driving the story... it. With the scares, it doesn't really matter who you focus on. And, and this had right. a few of, this had a few jump scares that were like, eh. You can, but you can make those kinds of scares regardless of storyline. You could do that really in any movie. Mm-hmm. I think that following the story of the possession, the whole the whole thing behind this was, you know, even as it was advertised leading up to the film. Yeah. Um. The the whole idea of like the demonic possession being used in the court case was like unheard of. And we didn't really get, we we didn't get much of that. We We got none. You get, you get a rolling credit at the end that tells you what happened. You get like the scene where he walks into the courtroom for the first time. Like I think the story, I think the story could be fascinating, but they just, they glossed over a lot of what I would have wanted. I think that's a, that's okay. So that right there is the perfect way to contextualize what I thought was a big, like a glaring difference in like story and characterization from the first two. Because the first two movies, there's such a like a great balance between the family who's who is affected by whatever haunting is going on 
and then the Warrens who are like in they they like their storylines exist on like an equal dispersion throughout the first two conjuring movies. Right. Whereas here, it's like we're almost like having like playing like murder mystery with the Warrens. Yeah. No, I agree. And yeah. there's like almost there's very little time spent with Arnie Johnson and his girlfriend, who by the way, they set up really well. Yeah. They set those two characters up really well and then all of a sudden it seems like for the last like the first 30 minutes we get really good build up for their characters and then the last hour and 20 minutes which is the majority of the movie they're kind of sidelined and not we don't get much out of them anymore from that point well and i think part of it the like arnie johnson's murder happened yeah. so early on too where we kind of we reached the pinnacle of his story so right. early in the film that they didn't really have anywhere to go with it. Right. And right. so the rest of what we got was, you know, just him in a mental hospital yeah. while we watched the Warrens try to figure the whole thing out. Right. That's what's so great, again, about, about the first two movies is, like, the possession takes place throughout the entirety of the runtime. Yeah. Like... All the all like the evil acts that could possibly happen culminate in the climax of the first two movies. Whereas here, the violent act, the murder, happens right at the beginning. Well, and, and then think... we like get an entirely different kind of story after that. And that's not that's not a bad thing for a movie to like take a different route than the first because the first two movies are are pretty pretty similar in in their setup in the fact that they're in like one location basically the whole movie both both the first two movies it's like the first movie you know you have the haunting in at in at Amityville right and then the Warrens are like at their house those are the pretty much the only two locations you're in the entire movie and it's pretty it's it's very similar in the second movie you have the house in England and the Warrens house like it's a lot of similar structure in like setting and location for the first two movies in that they're they're very confined which is always it's such when you when you confine your characters in horror it's really easy to kind of let the scares breathe because they don't have anywhere to go right yes whereas with this movie it feels like like they're like always driving around somewhere they're you know they're at the house where the murder or they're at like the dog kennel where the murder happened but then they're also at someone else's house where there was the initial possession happened and then they're, they're at, at the, like the priest's house at like the priest's and house and they go to some... a police precinct and, a, and then and a, also and like big... stuff just like starts randomly happening like in their basement yeah <laughs> yeah it this movie is a little more expanded than the first two but again that's not a that's not necessarily a bad thing it just it felt like they didn't because they were like moving characters around so much it felt like all of a sudden the two characters I think we should have focused more on, which is Arnie and his girlfriend, who, by the way, are apparently still married today. And this case happened 30 years ago, which is cool. Um, instead of giving them as much time, they're off over here, like Arnie's in jail, and then Ed and Lorraine are, like, traveling around the, the greater New England area trying to figure out what's going on. So it just it just shelves these two characters that should have gotten a lot more time, not just together, but just in general, to kind of give their characters the well, art they deserve. I think that I think that having that like physical distance without necessarily a 
an explanation as to how their locations are connected. Like right. just, we know how the stories are connected, but that physical distance kind of adds a disconnect to the story, right. even if it's unintentional. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also we got like a flashback to like the original possession with the kid. Yeah. Yeah. And that was actually super interesting. And I thought oh, yeah. super well done. And the way mm-hmm. where it was placed within the film was really good. Yeah. But it only happened once. Like that could have been an interesting way to continue the storyline following the Warrens. Right. While also giving us glimpses into kind of this, how we got here, because right. that's what we are really interested in yeah. is that storyline. Mm-hmm. So you could have given it a little more, but they did it one time very well and then it was like they kind of just forgot about it but so even with those negatives though i think that they did they did a very good job of blending like connecting the warren's story with the um like with the current possession of arnie while he's in jail Mm -hmm. and the like not to spoil too much but just like Who's behind it? Like the evil forces like behind the evil, what's like, going yes, on. Yes, they yeah. they did a very good job connecting the Warrens, Arnie, and the evil spirits, or right. whatever it is. Especially like near the end, the yes. the way they the way they kind of cut those final scenes together worked really well. Yeah, the editing I thought as far as mm-hmm. cutting the scenes was was brilliant. Um, they did a they did a very good job with that. Yeah, I just think I think for what it was. They did a great job, but yeah. they they kind of strayed a little far from right from what really should be the root of this horror. Movie. Right, it, it, this movie has glimpses of what made the original two so good. It's just that they're kind of these moments are few and far between. So you get 30, 40 minutes of runtime where you feel like everything is so kind of just spread out and just in in weird different places and not connecting yeah. well enough that when you get those moments that do connect like that that scene where they're talking to the original family of the kid that was initially possessed like that scene happens and then we get 20 minutes of just kind of not like meandering but it like not like aimless meandering but it, it just it creates a feeling of meandering because we're just kind of moving around well because i not, think the the characters aren't truly connected for so much of well, the runtime. I think we it's because we know where they're headed and we know the purpose of what they're doing. Yeah. But like there are there are points like you said that like e- either not a lot gets done or the mm-hmm. storylines aren't connecting so it feels like we're not really moving towards our end goal. Right. Um overall I think that like the the ending the probably like the final 20 minutes was yeah. pretty good. Really and there yeah. and there were also some pretty scary parts during that. Yes. Some very yeah. some very good editing. Very good. Very like, good like, like lighting and framing and in the in good the um body scenes. like body horror. Like yeah. I don't know why, but like seeing bodies like twist and conform in ways that the human body shouldn't should not be able to. And he, like the the sound design on this movie is really good too, because you get those just excessively loud like pops and, and clicks whenever the like yeah. whoa, that that stuff I, I that stuff is a very like for me is very naturally just horrifying. Yeah. Because you shouldn't see the human body move like that. And the way they the way they did it was very well constructed. 
And again, you're right. It's kind of in those last 20, 25-ish minutes of the runtime. And then the first 20, 25-ish minutes. Right. Like it, right. Really where it gets bogged down is that kind of center part. The setup right. The setup for the story is beautiful, and the yeah. conclusion is beautiful. They stick the landing but really it, well. It feels like they just kind of lost their way yeah. on how to get there. It's like they needed like one more rewrite to kind of just like tighten everything up in the middle. Yes. Or maybe add a couple scenes that just kind of connected everything in the beginning and the end. And it just didn't – Those that middle hour there, just really didn't kind of come together at all. There were a couple shots, though. I want to hear your thoughts because okay. we, we, were, we were watching this one together. Yeah. And we – like there were several times we were like, oh, that was cool. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. A couple that a couple that come to mind. Um, near the end when we see the – okay, I don't want to spoil too much. We see a person basically like turn into a spirit as they're mm-hmm. like – going through this hallway yeah um the like the editing was so seamless yes. with that shot mm-hmm. where um where you kind of start to lose like what's real and what's not right but it's it's like flashes where right it, characters will change in a flash and like mm-hmm. the background will change in a flash where you're not even you're not even really thinking about it right. it's, you're not noticing it yeah until you're already there Right. Um, and that was kind of a theme throughout that kind of reality. B- blurring the Reality of... versus like possession, right. basically. Right. Um, and especially the the main murder scene was really well shot and edited yeah. in that sense. Right. But there was that cool shot. I believe it was at the dog kennels where mm-hmm. Arnie is like running through the, the dog kennels. Yeah. And there, it's, it's basically just like chaos. Yeah. And then it like snaps and there's a red window against yes, the wall dude. at yeah. the end of the far mm-hmm. hallway and everything is silent. Yeah. And like some of that, that is such a good example of like using the environment for yeah. scares. Right. Because the scare doesn't always have to be an object on the screen right. or a person on right. the screen. This movie I thought did a very good job using the environment. Right. Having kind of those subtle scares like, you know, there's there's different parts where we see like the, the like demons handprints on the walls right, or like, right. scratches or like scratches on the wall yeah. where it like wasn't there before and it yeah. doesn't draw a whole lot of attention to no, it and that's just, yeah. that's when it's the scariest and right. then when it is something like that shot where it's abrupt where it's chaos everything's right. loud people are screaming yeah. and then it goes dark and quiet except yeah. for like a single red window at the right. end of the hallway yeah you notice like, like that shot object, was beautiful oh yeah you notice an object like you have a subject in frame and then there's an object in the background, whether it's scratches on the wall or one of my favorite, one of my absolute favorite shots is the scene of, I think it's in the beginning of the movie, the boy in the bathroom, he's sitting in the tub, right? Oh yeah. And he hears the scratches and then all of a sudden he looks up and there's no music. There's no musical cue. It's just the, the, the shot changes. Like it's a shot above of him looking up and then you just see, the hands. Yeah, grab onto the, the shower no curtain. Cue, you just you really have to to look at you have to look at that spot in the frame to even see the hands and then they slowly just slide off. Again, no no the the director, the everyone involved in that scene isn't letting you know that that's happening. They're just saying they'll see this and when they see the hands move, that's when they'll for sure notice that that's going on. That to me well, is just in that same that scene. Purely, that is pure terror. Right in that there. same scene, it cuts away, and all you see is just a bath with a shower curtain. Can't see even like the shadow of the kid. There's nothing else right. in the bathroom, mm-hmm. and it's silent. And and the way that they set up that scene too, 
is when when the kid is like originally scared yes. by like the banging on the door. Right. They show like a person walking down the hallway. So you're like, oh, like someone's knocking on the door. Right. It scared the kid. Like you almost think they're setting you up for like one of those cheap scares where yeah. it's like yeah. there's no like there's nothing actually wrong. It's just right a guy right. knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. And then the kid gets up and like runs away and you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Like I saw the guy walking to the door. Like he's just right. it's his dad like or whatever. I forget mm-hmm. who it was. Yeah. You're like, there's nothing there. It's just a right. And then he runs to the shower, runs and the then shower. you start hearing the scratching the and the scratching. banging. The like, door, the door creaks him. open. Yeah. You see the hands; they Dude, slowly slide away, and then you was see so good. You see the knobs turning, but nothing's. Tur- it's they're just turning by themselves, and then you just oh, get yeah, the yeah, shower yeah. The, of blood. The the bath, um, <sighs> the Dude, faucets are yeah. just like spinning in circles. Yeah. Oh my god. Dude, that. There are a few moments like that, like you said, that scene where he's like running down the, the, the hallway with all the kennels, the dogs are just going insane and it's all chaos and all of a sudden it just goes black and quiet except for just this beaming red light through a window in the center of frame and it's just like this oddly quiet moment and you're like, oh fuck, something's yeah. something. It, those are the moments just make you clench your fist because you know something bad well, and is I coming. Think, I think what, what draws me to that, so, and now I want to go back and find those scenes because those are so good. Right. What draws me to that is is regardless of the genre, it has nothing to do, at least for me in those moments, it has nothing to do with with horror. And yeah. it has everything to do with like brilliant cinematography right. and, and camera work and yes. editing and use of light and color yeah. and like and those kind of quick cuts. Mm-hmm. I like I thought the cinematography in this movie was great. Very good. And it, it it's it doesn't matter that it was horror or not. Right. It was just a very well done Yes. The way the way they, they shot it and, and blocked it and edited it, the the the, the way they like, even manipulated the framing was so the way good they framed it, the way throughout. they manipulated the color, those things like yeah, it doesn't matter that it's a horror movie. That's not what makes that moment scary. what makes it scary is the fact that they just shot it, edited it, framed it so well that it was just a naturally terrifying moment. Well, and, and, and that's think, something that can happen in, in any genre because right. they yes. could have done that. That could have happened in an action movie and that would have terrified And me. it still would have been right. a tense moment. Yeah, yes. it still would have been very intense and very scary. Well, yeah. and and I think that like that impresses me so much more than showing me like a scary monster or right. having a jump right. scare. And we've, we've talked about that at length. We've but, talked about that ad nauseum, but I'm just like, I was so impressed with like the technical aspects yes. of this movie. It is a very technically sound. Right. And, and, well and, shot and it movie. speaks to, it speaks to the, not to try to like get too deep on a movie like this, but it, like it speaks to the art of filmmaking. Right. What the what the director and what the photographers and cinematographers are able to do right. with camera work yes. and with lighting and it, framing. Yeah. All of those all of those technical aspects that we've talked about when it comes to creating a scene. Right. That's what makes film special from right. other types of art. And I think that we like even in a movie like this, there are some brilliant moments where mm-hmm. you can be like, that is what filmmaking is about. Right. Their dedication to saying, I'm going to scare someone because of how I shot this. Not because right. there's some big, scary demon in frame. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scare these people because I, I am constructing this scene to just be a, a naturally occurring element of fear. Well, and there's, and, an, there's an art to knowing, you know, even just what kind of visuals kind of are 
make people uneasy. Yes. Like right. it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be showing us something scary. You can right. show us something that is unnatural that just right. like kind of makes you shudder. That doesn't have for no reason. That and, doesn't and, have any object in like, or subject. And some in of frame. those scares, some of those, some of those types of scares and, and editing techniques in this movie didn't even necessarily play into the main storyline and it didn't have right. to, it's a horror right. movie. So they use these different techniques that they have mastered and they're mm -hmm. like, okay, it's a horror movie. We're right. going to make it scary. And it worked so well throughout different parts of this film. Right. Right. All right, Dom. You done? I think I'm, I think we've covered pretty much I, everything. Yeah. I'm, I'm I think done. I'm happy with that. To, to wrap it up. I think as far as, Technically, again, and this is the this has been the same with a lot of movies in this franchise, except for probably the first Annabelle movie and The Nun. In terms of in terms of cinematography and and directing and and music, the the creator's dedication to to their own craft and to creating very well constructed scenes that that scare you in a way that's not by just placing something in frame that would obviously scare you is again it's very consistent in this movie as it has been with the first two movies i think where this movie really drags is in the middle half with a lot of the narrative itself because things are just kind of too spread out they don't you don't feel that connection enough to the point where like we said the beginning is great the end is great that middle two-thirds just kind of drags there's not there's just not enough there to really connect all the different stories they're trying to piece together there's not enough to connect really connect yeah. them together in the <clears throat> end um but again that's like we said at the beginning that doesn't make this movie bad it just doesn't make it as good as it could be especially because we've had two movies before this one that were really a culmination of of everything we've we've talked about here including the good thing like they made the bad the bad things in this movie were done really well in those so yeah just it feels kind of like a misstep not a like not a detraction not just a complete failure just kind of like they didn't quite have everything down when they said okay go and that's that's i think how i ultimately feel about this movie you got a grade for it i would give it a s solid c all right so i'm gonna give it a c plus um i thought unfortunately i thought that there was a big disconnect leo please man you went how long did we just go there that was pretty good dude we got a solid half hour without Damn. him Got him barking one time. Anyway, anyway, continue your. You know, you just oh. started, so you can start over. Ah! I'm so mad at you. Ah! What? Yeah. I'm um, Phil, I'm scared. I. Th <laughs> the sun's not a monster. <laughs> the sun's not a monster. How do you feel about the moon? Not a fan. Not a fan. <laughs> um, damn it. Oh, we were on a roll, Gus. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, well. Okay. I think that, you know, kind of like we talked about a lot. Yeah. There's a big disconnect um, between, you know, kind of what ended up being the majority of the narrative 
and those the kind of you know the setup and the conclusion yeah um and i think and i think really there was a disconnect maybe a misunderstanding by by the production crew as to what i think they lost sight of what was important in this yes. story yeah that, they kind yeah. of got they kind of got carried along uh carried away with a storyline that they wanted to follow and kind of they they kind of forgot what the story should have been about right at least in my eyes what made the first two stories they told in this in this trilogy now so right in, in so good i mean that there's no other there's no now, better word to to put with that being said there were a few saving graces. Yes. The the beginning and the end were great. Mm-hmm. They were very good. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie was not only technically sound, it was technically impressive. Yes. And, and mm-hmm. to me, like, that gave it a, a big bump in my book. Again... Was it necessarily a good movie? No, but there was a there was a lot there were a lot of good aspects going for it that yes. saved it from being a bad movie. Right. Um, right. And so I think we kind of just fall somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, I think one thing we didn't talk about um, is Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson really just have had such solid chemistry throughout yeah. these movies, and it shows again here. Those guys, yeah. those two, just really seem to work together well as the characters they portray and and it shows here there's they're great together yeah and that's that was one of the saving graces for me too was seeing them still just have a solid back and forth relationship in in this movie yeah i would agree with that that's uh that's it all right that's all i got so um listen listen here folks let's hear it Tell me something I don't know. Gus, do you know where you can find our podcast? Oh my gosh. You can find our podcast on SoundCloud. Yep. On Spotify. Yep. On Apple Podcasts. Yep. On Stitcher. Yep. On apps that we don't even know the name of. Yep. You can find it there at Front Row Podcast. Oh yeah. Every single one. Front Row Podcast. You know what, Gus? You can watch it. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it on YouTube. Front Row Seats. Usually. On whenever I post Sometimes. Them. Okay. You can watch probably not this episode yet. You can watch some older ones. <laughs> this will be available well before the video is. This the video will be available uh, years from now. The video will be, avail- be available when I want it to. Good for you. When I have time to edit and it together. You know, you know where else? Deal. You know where else you can get updates, Gus? Where else can you do that, Dom? You can get updates on Facebook. Facebook. Okay. Yeah, Facebook. Okay. Yeah. You can get updates on, believe it or not, Instagram. Instagram yeah. at front underscore row media. You got it. Whoa. And okay, okay. not only that, keep going, Dom. Not only that, yeah. You can interact with us. Yes, we'll we'll answer questions. You can interact with us. We'll, on, we'll on take our suggestions. Page. We'll take constructive. No, we won't even take constructive criticism. We'll take the most harsh criticism yeah. that you have. You can tell us that you hate us and wish everyone around us would die, and we will take that I won't, criticism. I won't be happy with to it. Heart, no. I'll cry. I'll be a little scared, I'll, probably. I'll, 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 I'll be a little concerned. Like, oh, oh wow! Yeah, is, for my safety. Is this person gonna come after me? Yeah. You know what? But you know what? You can tell us that our podcast is absolute shit. Yeah. And you might not be wrong. You could be right. Could be right. And I don't. We don't know. I don't know. All I'm saying though is we have a perfect five stars on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts. That's true. So so wherever you watch us, wherever you go, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, wherever if, you may be, wherever you may be, be sure to. Subscribe, leave us a five star rating if you if you please. Leave us a one star rating if that's if not please. if that's not where you follow us and you can't give us a rating, then 
Go to our socials, leave us a comment, DM us on Instagram. We'll respond to everything, and we'll probably talk about it on the episode that we record after you address whatever you want to talk about. Give us us suggestions for movies you want us to watch. What should we watch? Should we do reviews for the first two Conjuring movies? Give us suggestions for series. For series, series we should do. We're 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 trying to we're trying to figure out uh, what series we want to do. We're about to wrap up the maddest of the maxes here. Whatever whatever and content you guys enjoy, yeah, let us know. And whatever content you don't enjoy, let us know. Right. If there's stuff we talk about, and guess what? Like, That's fine. We're still is, gonna make it. This because is universally we, we make whatever topic. we want. We'll probably still talk about it. Oh because yeah, for sure. Because it's our podcast. Because fuck them. That's why. No, guys, not you. Not, not you watching or listening. Not, not like not we, them. Like we, the collective. Them then. like coll- yeah, like the man. The like, <laughs> fuck the man, right? Stick it to the man. All right. The man, the dude. You're not hardcore unless you live. Unless hardcore. you live hardcore. All right. Anyway, thanks again for listening, watching, subscribing, commenting, clicking that bell. We will see you next time. Later. All right.